Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as cheeky as an Erling Haaland chip, fantasy advisors on point as Leroy Sane's Iron Robin impression, and two pundits who are both delighted the Unkunku pick finally paid back big time. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Thurrogate, this is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 6, and joining me to help provide his expert insights, he is the fantasy fußball god known as Flo Reinecke. Flo, I have to ask... What happened on Monday night, and why did Ilario end up on your bench by the end of the match day? That's that's a very good question, James, and I'm uh, like I'm totally baffled, and I'm not sure you can even like introduce me as a fantasy football god anymore because I just like it's, the plain truth is I just forgot about the Monday evening game, and I had Ilario uh, there. But in the end, it's it's all right. I had Neuhaus in the squad. He had one point. So, yeah. How how much more can Alario get? <laughs> it's like it's just 18 points more. It's not like I'm angry with me or anything. Yeah, it, it, it's been a busy day. And uh, I, I started to be uh, a youth coach with uh, uh, the little ones at the, the club where, where my sons are playing. And it's... Monday evening is practicing and I had 11 children from <laughs> five to six take, take, to take care of. And that like, that stresses you out. <laughs> Just a little, right? Bundesliga fantasy was, was not on my mind for the entire evening until I got like a, um, push notification after the game. And like the first word was, Alario uh, made the difference, and I said, "Well, ah, there rings a bell." <laughs> yeah, would have been a great match day for me, but yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, uh, no, I I feel your pain, and I'm not stripping you of your title of fantasy football got, but every now and again, I don't mind reminding listeners that you are human after all, <laughs> um, because I have been in that spot many a time in my Bundesliga fantasy career, and I'm sure other people have out there as well. It's part of the the, the, the trials and tribulations of this very flexible game that we play. But uh, I mean, it happens. You still came out with a pretty good score. Not as good as mine, I'll be honest, but then I'm only going to toot my own horn because I finished second in the world this week um, out of the whole game. So well and done, if, James. if it wasn't for Mr. Ilario or Mr. Ginchek, I might have finished top. But Alario got a booking and Ginchek went up for the final corner, which I was like, well, I don't mind really because he's my goalkeeper. So if he scores, he scores and that would be incredible. But yeah, and Leverkusen go down the other end and it's that minus one point. But hats off uh, to hey, the winner. I think you, you're due a towel now. Is it a towel or, or a ball? It? What do you get for second place? I think it's a Derby star match ball. So really? I'm very excited. I don't know Great. whether I'm allowed to get it though as a, as a Bundesliga employee, but. I'll, I'll I'll leave that battle for another not, day. Not officially, James. Not officially. Okay. See, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. So uh, I had I had a good week, and something tells me I'm not going to be able to follow it up. But we'll see what happens. Um, in the overall standings, Teddy's boys is still top of the table on 818 points, uh, and it's nice to note as well that there are three talking Fußball fantasy league members uh, in the top six, with FC Beverly Zoltz and FC Minsk being the other two. Let's go on to some. Listener question, shall we, Flo? Because we've got a couple to start off the show. And I'll start with one from at Eric D. Freeman. He says, of the teams outside the top three, who, uh, which do you believe could provide the best source of fantasy points over the next couple of weeks? Well, I think we have to divide these uh, questions because there are some teams that have a really good s schedule 
like Hoffenheim, for instance. But if Kramaric isn't playing, like who are you? Who are you picking as Hoffenheim players? It's like the conundrum we we have. Seems like always with with Hoffenheim is there's just not that much. Like it's not concentrated enough on certain players apart from Kramaric to feel really great about the options they give. I mean, if if Sko were a defender in the game, for instance, we we were speaking a different tongue here. But oh yeah, t- yeah, tell me about it. So I look at as clubs who have a nice schedule, and also I. I can, I, well, I see routes, um, where I want to go. And the first club I want to mention is, is Frankfurt here. They hosting Bremen right now. I'm, I know it's tough, but, uh, I think they have a shot to have a decent game against Bremen. And then they're traveling to Stuttgart. Um, then it's a bit tougher playing at home against Leipzig, but still then next game, Friday night at, Union. I think that's a very good stretch of games. They don't play in the Europa League this year, so there won't be any rotation. And we have a lot of great fantasy options. And on, like, you can have a Frankfurt player in every position and you could feel really positive about it. So Frankfurt is a club that stands out the most to me. And if you have the stomach to do it, I, I, I even think you can can look to invest in Schalke players because um, I, I see you laughing, James. But uh, I mean, now the schedule is lightening up. They hosting Stuttgart, and I think ex- this could be. A, I think we've been at this point before. I have to admit that, but I think this could be the match where we see a better Schalke because I, I saw the Stuttgart match against Cologne, and although they were impressive for the first twenty minutes. In the end, Cologne was the better side in the, in the uh, second part of, of that game. And they were closer to winning that game as Stuttgart were. And I, I can see Schalke having a better game. And I, I think it's a diff- different game for Schalke playing at home against Stuttgart than playing at home against Union. Because Stuttgart, um, they try to do something with the ball. They try to uh, play a more active football and... Uh, Schalke won't have as much possession as against Union, and, and I think that can suit uh, the Schalke game. Um, so, and Schalke has options with Ud, and uh, maybe if Sada comes back, I think um, that would be two pretty decent options for Schalke. And like a third, and and I know that you won't, uh, you will disagree with me, James. There, but I think Mines also for the next two match days is interesting because they have a lot of value options. They're playing at Augsburg now, and then they're hosting Schalke. I, I think that's that's pretty pretty decent, and uh, you can uh, definitely look into some Mines players. We, we'll talk about that when we talk about the match at Augsburg. But yeah, that would be the ones I I feel. Um, outside of the usual suspect. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, I think I would still throw Wolfsburg and Leverkusen into the mix based on their fixtures upcoming, but also the fact that they've got a fair few standalone fixtures in there as well. I mean, yes, I do disagree with you on Schalke and Mainz, and I'm not saying there can't be fantasy points out there because we've seen that teams can be still be losing games and they can still pick up fantasy points. I just, I am so cautious of going a 
and dipping into markets where it's like out of form teams. And I try and avoid that as much as possible. It's almost, it's impossible to avoid for a whole season, but, um, I'll, 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 I'll see how things play out, Flo, and we'll maybe readdress this again next week. Um, but I'm not I'm not going to say I fully disagree with you. I'm just still very hesitant to dip into those markets in Schalke and Mainz. Okay, let's move on to the next question. At Benji Tonelli, uh, he says, if you could only pick one, Flo, would it be A, Olmo Tassane, or B, Hoffman Tassane? Well, I, I have to like first state that I'm not feeling too confident that Sunny is a lock to start at Cologne because Bayern probably will feel like they, they don't have to feel their strongest 11 to get a result at Cologne. Sunny was injured and that's, that would make me feel uncomfortable if I'm paying that much for a player who is great when he's on, on the pitch. So you're definitely taking a risk there. But like I, I, I don't say don't do it. And I just want to. You have to be conscious about that. And if it's like if if Bayern is up by a wide margin, or Cologne is up by a wide margin, which is almost as likely as the other way around, <laughs> yeah. then probably Sané, like sixty minutes top, is what he gets at playing time. Um, if it's not close, if if the game is close, could be a different, uh, different thing. But. That's something to keep in mind with Dani, in my, in, in my opinion, even if the options up front are thinner than usual for, for Bayern. But then I would actually sell Olmo rather than Hofmann, just because I feel that Hofmann will be 100% in the squad against Leipzig. I, I expect him because he's clearly the best option right now uh, for Gladbach and also in, in pretty good shape. And we've seen like... We talked last week about how Almo looked a bit lost against uh, Basakshir and that he might be rotated out of the squad and that that is what happened. And Nkunku had a pretty good game and not just in a fantasy sense, but like he, he was involved in, in, in almost ev- everything. We've, we've seen Sabitzer coming back. I, I wonder if Almo might be out of the starting 11 for that game at that and that's the reason why I would choose to sell Olmo before I would sell Hofmann. Yeah, I mean that's an, an interesting conundrum. I do agree with you on Sane flow because I don't. I think the the there's an eagerness for people to jump into uh, onto the Sane boat because it's a buy in midfielder that you can guarantee is going to be involved in goal scoring moments. But I agree with you. I'm not sure they're going to rush him back just yet, given the fact that they have already seen him pick up one minor injury. They want to avoid that at all costs, especially when the Classicer is not too far away. That is worth pointing out as well uh, with them. So, yeah, I would say that. And, I mean, Olmo, I, Olmo I'm not 100% sure. I think I can see him being rotated back into the site. I still think he's Nagelsmann's number one choice in that role. But Sabitzer back in the mix could muddy those waters even further. And then Unkunku, i become as unsure of him as I am of Olmo, really, even though he did 
yeah, do bits on the weekend. Uh, what was it? Seven. Yeah, he set up seven shots yeah. and he had five himself. So he wasn't far away from even adding to those points as well, uh, which is quite impressive. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all transpires. And so therefore, I would agree with you. Hoffman is the safest choice and he takes penalties uh, nowadays, which is nice as well. Uh, and that is kind of a running theme, Sani, and it goes into the next question. And you've kind of answered it already, but you can address it again if you want. At J.Queralt says, do you think spreading the funds to get a combo of someone like Hernandez and Caligiuri, for example, or would it be, or is that an inv- a wiser investment than going all out for Sane. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there on the side of spreading out unless there's a really good value option that is capable of scoring double-digit points. Um, then I would feel perfectly okay, but I'm, I'm not good um, unless like uh, we get some flick quote that now it's time for uh, take the training wheels off and Sane will, will start uh, at Cologne. Sometimes flick does say these things beforehand in the in the presser, and why wouldn't he? I, I mean, what what is Cologne gonna do about it if if he's saying who's who's playing? Uh, but unless that's not the case, I, I personally won't go to Sané just because of the uncertainty there. Yeah, no, fair point. Okay, let's move on then. And we've got from at Brinny Hoof, he says, a simple yes or no one, please, guys. Transfer out Kalajic for Ut or Paciencia? Question mark. Yeah, I, I think it's really hard to answer that with yes or no if you're giving me two options, uh, Brinny Hoof. But <laughs> uh, I, I will say so. Um, transfer out Kalajic for Ut? Yes. Transfer out Kalajic for Paciencia? No. Yeah, I'd agree so with that. That's my answer. And I'm... Yeah, and there are a bit of rules I would make for that, but you wanted yes or no, and that's that's my answer. <laughs> I think both are capable of scoring fantasy points, but everything, I get the impression, the way Baum talks, everything's going to be running through Mark Ut at Schalke, and that's going to be great news for fantasy owners. I do agree with that point. Yeah, well, it could be a very, very small pie, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. he, <laughs> he gets a large piece of, of like... An, Minuscule t- uh, pie. Well, okay, if they, if they only have if they only have five shots in a game and he's involved in four of them, flow, I will take that from a from a Markud, you know. Yeah, no, and I'm 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 talking um, on both sides of my mouth just to slack <laughs> off Schalke. I know that. It's, I actually think Markud is a is a more than decent choice. Yeah, I'm just like if you if you have the opportunity to slack off Schalke you should probably always do it that's why uh, how <laughs> Every i run opportunity run by. No, I, I mean they, they are yeah. becoming uh, the butt of many jokes in german football right now and rightly so 21 games absolutely incredible but okay Let's talk about a player and uh, at Joaquin underscore Roth is going to rub, rub the salt in the wounds a little bit here, Flo. But he says, Alario keeps demonstrating he's a beast and bangs week after week. He says, is it worth keeping him against Freiburg? But what about Silva at home against Bremen? He says, my main doubt, uh, given the fact that Haaland and Lewandowski are his other two strikers. So he's figuring out this third striker role. What's your feeling on it this weekend? Um, I, I feel that it wouldn't be a priority for me. So in a vacuum, uh, I would like Silva over Alario, definitely. Because we, we talked about how tough it can, play, uh, can be to play at, at Freiburg. And last time they were there with the likes of uh, Harvards, for instance, it, it, it was a, like not the most exciting game and it ended uh, in a 1-0 for Leverkusen and Probably not a lot of fantasy points can come of that. Even if Alario is a guy who scores a goal, he gives you like 13 points max. 
that there are definitely avenues to to a bigger uh, game, but I think it's uh, much more likely that Silva has a has a pretty good game against Bremen. They, when we talk later, we can talk about that. The injury bug is 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 back at Bremen, and it, it, it's really hurting. And I, I think Silva, out of the two guys you already have, is probably the third best option if you're just looking at the next match day. Yeah, yeah, I think actually you summed it up perfectly there. So I'll give you part two of Joaquin's question. He says the best defenders for the next two to three game weeks. He says I'm selling Mittelstädt. So my budget option would be Toure, and like if you've got some more money to spend, I desperately wanted to get Rafael Guerrero in my squad before the derby, but I couldn't just because of Agu of Bremen got Corona. You know that's that's how everything is stacked against me, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had the transfers planned, and after Agu was positive, I had to like I I couldn't find the funds to go to Guerrero and feeling good about my the second defender I I, I would have brought in. Mm. And yeah, but Guerrero is an outstanding uh, option as a defender. He was the best player on the pitch against Schalke. And if you have concern that maybe Hazard played in that role that Guerrero uh, played, I, I think Guerrero has his place in a starting 11 locked, locked down. And he also can play at uh, different positions, can play more attacking role or even as a central midfielder. He's just such a good footballer. I, I can't see a, a way where he's out of the frame because of Hazard's back. Yeah, I mean, especially if they continue with the four-man back line, which I'm intrigued to see whether they do tonight against Zenit. Uh, yeah, we should say we're recording this early earlier on Wednesday. We had to squeeze it in before I go to the stadium later, actually, uh, to report for UEFA. Um, and then I will be intrigued to see what happens in that game because Emre Chan is still suspended. So I think they'll stick with the four. And then the question is whether he tries to break that rhythm again. And Emre you know, Chan is Corona as well. So the suspension is true. not that. The, uh, the biggest problem true. he has right now. Yeah, <laughs> Also very true, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, uh, Rafael Guerrero, I managed to get him in this weekend and I was very happy about it. I was a bit disappointed I didn't move my star man onto him from Angelino. But, uh, but you know, not going to... Not- that would have been crazy to do I, that. I, I, well, thank you for saying that. That makes me feel a lot better yeah. about the decision. It's no, one of sorry, those- everyone who did is making a mistake. It's just like Angelino had um, how many points did he did he get? Uh, Twenty four, I think, with the starman. Six, sixty. He had sixteen points. Yeah. So you're betting on someone getting seventeen or more. That's. That's crazy. If you have that in the bank, you have to take that every time. Yeah. It's like the, the poker analogy. Like you, you can't say like, if you don't get, get the odds to call and you see that on the river with your two, three, you would have made a straight. Yeah, and afterwards no, right. you're saying, well, I, sh- I should have <laughs> called that. I'm such a dummy. No, that's the wrong way to think about it. So sticking the, uh, like keeping the star man with Angelino was the, the, the totally right move there. James. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Um, to answer Joaquin's question, I agree with you on Toure. I'd throw Luca. If you want someone that's just very stable and is going to be guaranteed to start, 
Lucas Hernandez is out there now, you know, with the Alfonso Davies injury. Daly Zingraven continues to impress because he's really taken over this left-back role, but he's also getting forward and getting involved in chances. Um, and someone that impressed me this weekend in particular was uh, Jerome Roussillon. I know you talked about him last week, Flo, but he was very attacking down the left uh, against Bielefeld. And if that continues, he may be one to watch if he can start getting involved in those attacking returns again. Uh, because, yeah, despite a very attacking performance, it didn't quite work out for him um, against Bielefeld. Um, but the, the potential is there. So we'll leave it there for part one. We'll be back in part two. Let's get through the fixture list uh, from match day six. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to get our teeth into the match day six fixture, starting with the Friday night game. Stuttgart in the Friday night slot for a second week in a row. Not bad if you did invest in that market last week uh, for the game against Köln. Now, Schalke may be 21 league games without a win, but it is worth noting that they have more Bundesliga victories against Stuttgart than any other top flight side. So the question flow is, Manuel Baum, we've talked a little bit about Schalke already. The problem with Manuel Baum, he doesn't seem to have settled on what his preferred starting lineup is. We've talked about Ut, but who else is near the top of the shopping list this weekend? Probably no Schalke player, un- unless Serda is in the squad. Uh, I think Stuart Serda could be... A differential. I, I just like him. I think he's a very good football player, and that always helps, even in a game where it's fantasy. But it still still helps if you know how to play proper football, and I think he can do that. Only problem with ten point seven million as a midfielder. I'm not sure if if he's not too pricey for my taste. And then it would be probably to look at the budget options. Like a Bostogan who's at 3.6 million, but still hasn't shown that he's a viable fantasy option. Uh, I would actually look more at the other side of the ball. Um, we mentioned Kulibali last week. He started against Cologne, but then Gonzalez came on later. And I think that could actually be the passing of the torch there that we don't have, um, him uh, as the, uh, stone minimum budget option uh, he was before but it could be that Roberto Massimo is starting he's 2 million he's also a midfielder um if um, Vaman Gituka can't play on the right flank Massimo is his likely replacement so he will be at least an interesting budget option because it's on a Friday evening and if you don't have any involvement there taking a shot at a player like him i think can pay off and if for some, I mean, we've seen Pascal Stenzel play as a fullback. If he plays in a wingback role, he's a defender for Stuttgart for 4.6 million. He would be interesting. So uh, I take a look at how Stuttgart is fielding, like which, uh, which position Stenzel plays. If he's playing as a fullback, I'm interested in him. But apart from that, it's, um, you couldn't go with the usual suspects, although I, I like, I think Didavi is a great player. He's just coming off every game. I'm so annoyed by that because I, cause I bought him a few weeks back. And if he's on the pitch, he, he's actually doing okay, but like he hardly plays 70 minutes. It's, so I won't, I won't invest in him now. And with like the fantasy value of uh, Gonzalo Castro, like, it was always 
I think pretty obvious that he can't play to that standards um, after what we've known from him for the last decade. Then all of a sudden he's that attacking midfield beast who's involved in shots and shots and shots. I, I think that was a natural dip. I think I think it was a natural dip for Stuttgart as well because they started that game really brightly yeah. and he thought, oh dear, like Köln might be in trouble here and Stuttgart might kick on and we might see a fair few goals. But they really petered out a little bit, especially after the penalty. They kind of took the wind out of their sails and then Köln stole the initiative and were probably uh, the the more aggrieved not to take all three points at the end of it. But the thing with Castro is, I mean, he is, a, he is this driving force and he's getting into very promising positions. But yes, you can't rely on him for the output that he was producing. But still 4.4 million. So probably, and that's yeah. it. You could, it's not the worst argument and he no. wouldn't be the worst pick because he's a guaranteed starter because he is so influential. Yeah. And unlike Didavi, he's not as likely to come off at the 60th minute every every match. Yeah. Um, and these are yeah. the points we've made. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's it's oot or the budget options at Stuttgart. The question I'd ask you, Flo, maybe is if you didn't invest in the budget options from Stuttgart last week, would you really this week or would you prefer to maybe look elsewhere well um stuttgart is hosting frankfurt next week so i think that's an okay matchup so if i need a budget option like the problem with most budget options is that they're not guaranteed starters every week and at least i got that confirmation if i'm dipping into the stuttgart market and that's a big positive for me that's why i would actually be okay only problem is both wingbacks that play for Stuttgart are at least midfielders in the game. If Gonzalez is playing on the left side, he's actually a striker in the game. So I think the, the budget defender options, it's Kempf, but you want Kempf to score goals after set pieces. That's what you bet on. You can't expect him to have a great fantasy day unless he scores was at least involved like having two shots on goal would actually also be suffice with a clean sheet but like the the passes of a wing back to get more fantasy points are always uh, wider and there are more options the way uh, a player like that can pick up points and it's just the positioning in the fantasy game is not positive for for Stuttgart defenders yeah, no, I think it's a very valuable point. At least you know they're guaranteed to start and others aren't quite nailed on in the same way. Okay, let's move on to the 3.30 fixtures on Saturday then, starting with Köln against Bayern. Now, Bayern have won 13 of their last 15 league visits to Cologne, including each of the last six, while Lewandowski has scored 12 goals in 14 meetings against the Billy Goats. Who's your player pick, flow from this one? So at first I have to say that like it's half as good or, or, or less than half as good as his uh, goal ratio this season. So, like, he has trouble against Cologne. That's what <laughs> I'm reading in that stat. These are the standards that we set here. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's slacking. He's slacking. Well, Cologne. yeah. I, I wouldn't love to get uh, to have Cologne players for that match. I think that's obvious. And on the Bayern side, is probably even Lewandowski or Bust for me. Just because of the uncertainty with a player like Sané, midfield is, is tough Like to point your finger or who else can perform well, good that, and Kim, Kim in defense. Kimmy keeps making us eat our words. I mean, we talked about Hernandez last week and he did, he did all right with 14 points, but that came on the back of a clean sheet and 
I mean, can Bayern keep a clean sheet with the likes of Sebastian Anderson up front for Cologne? I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> we, we might see Limnius. We, like, you can, uh, you can earmark, uh, Demetrius Limnius of, of Cologne for the next few episodes. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll bring up his name, uh, next week. He's sitting at six million. He came on. Uh, at Stuttgart and he looked pretty lively and he's the kind of player we want in fantasy because what he does is like he cuts inside from the outside and then he just shoots and lets it fly and um yeah I, I think we will have a pretty great midfield option sooner rather than later out of Cologne but not this week yeah and, and- Although he's 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 starting probably. Marcus Gistol uh, had high praise yeah. um, for him after the match. So I, I think um, Wolf and Limnius will probably be the new pairing on the right side for Cologne because they had issues on uh, the right fullback position. <laughs> Hizibouye went off after like 20 minutes at Stuttgart and then Wolf played at that position and, and that was looking much better for Cologne. And I, I expect that going forward. Yeah, 100%. Heezy Bouet is a walking red card. Like, he is just a red card waiting to happen, uh, that man. And yeah, he got. I think he lost all five of his challenges, got taken, uh, yeah, yeah, had a yellow card and got taken off after 19 minutes or something like that. Absolutely brilliant. So Marius Wolf, who probably went to Köln thinking, oh, brilliant, I can maybe play at right wing <laughs> for a change instead of all these right back roles I keep playing. Uh, no, he's right back where he probably didn't want to be. Um, but okay, let's move on to uh, some more investable teams, potentially. Um, Frankfurt against Bremen. Now, this fixture float has averaged th- over three goals per game in the last 100 Bundesliga meetings, um, mm. with 24 being scored in the last six matches alone. That is brilliant news for fantasy owners. Yeah, especially, you know, who always play, uh, scores at Frankfurt? Bastost. <laughs> uh, Rashica, of oh. course. Oh, okay. Well, you're going the La- opposite direction. Yeah, last two outings, he always scored in injury time, um, both, both, both of the last games. And he actually might be back. Um, it's not like, I'm not telling you to invest in Rashica, but... He could be back on, like, with Limnios, maybe we're talking uh, about Rashica sooner than later. I would be thrilled. I'm, I'm not thrilled that Fulkrug is injured, but that's, like, that's just how it goes with, with him, unfortunately. Um, luckily, it's not the knee, but it's still quite serious. And it's at least until the na- next international break that what's Kofod said, and maybe even the end of November. So for months he, he would be out. Selke is also injured. And I like my inkling is that we seeing a three man front line with Bittencourt and uh, Rashid on the wings and, and Sargent up front. Uh, I think that's a high likelihood. But that's not where I want to invest uh, in in this match because the Frankfurt side, I already talked about it. Touré, great option in defense. Kamada, great midfield option. And up front, you, like, I'd rather have Silva, but I would be fine with Bastos as well. So that would be the guys I would look at in uh, at every position. And I think um, all of them are, are great, great options with a, pretty decent price tag for what they can bring to the table. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think Frankfurt are one of the most investable teams right now, not just for this weekend, but in the long term as well. And you're right, Toure, uh, Frankfurt had nine shots on goal. Toure had four and he set up another one. So he was involved in over half of Frankfurt shots against Bayern. Not saying he's necessarily going to produce that every week, but that's a very promising sign uh, for a player that isn't going to cost you much. But that's what I heard, James. If he's not doing that, I'm come. I'm coming back at you. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, because yeah, it's that was how I understood that. Okay, you just... Ho- yeah, hold me accountable for that. Why not? Um, Augsburg against Mainz. Let's move on. Um, Mainz may be the only side yet to win a point this term, but since Augsburg's promotion to the top flight in 2011, Mainz have only beaten Freiburg more often than Augsburg. Flo, who are you picking from this game? Is this even an investable match? Yeah, I think it is. And, uh, I mean, some of, uh, one of our listeners already mentioned, uh, Daniel Kalidruri. He's sitting at 9.9 million and like he's a pretty decent differential pick in, in midfield. Uh, I, I think uh, you can definitely go that route. What's in defense? Is, is Iago back in the frame? Cause he would be a guy I would definitely be interested in. Yes, he is. He, he's back. He, um, he played last week. So, uh, Iago and Caligiuri would be the ones I would look at on the Augsburg side. And we talked about Mainz, a, a player like Saint-Just. I know he, he hasn't done a lot so far, but he's 5.3 and he's playing as a right back. And this is, I mean, Mainz is playing better than the last two games. They just have been playing Leverkusen and Gladbach. That, like that's part of the truth as well, um, and I think we can see a better mind side at Augsburg than we've we've seen, um, especially in a fantasy sense. So Brozinski for eight point four was Saint Just for five point three. Decent options. I wouldn't go to Brozinski. I think there are more than enough good options in that price range but if for some reason you only have six million left and you feel everything else is clicking San just wouldn't be like i don't have the list in front of me to say he would be my first choice in this price range but uh, range but i would def- definitely think about him and mateta is scoring goals for fun right now but he would be too pricey for me to swallow for 10.5 million uh, as a as a minds player wouldn't wouldn't do that yeah i think i think there are better options i i think i i mentioned mateta as like one of these you know below 10 million strikers at the start of the season that could actually maybe do well and it's nice to see him scoring goals again but i do think yeah when it comes to those three striker roles there are much better options out there the only other yeah. name i'll mention on top of who you did uh is ruben vargas of augsburg because he came off the bench and impressed against leverkusen and admittedly it was a, a tougher time in the game but considering the fact that andre hahn in his 45 minutes uh wasn't involved in a single shot on goal and only had seven touches and Vargas came off the bench and then not only set up uh, the goal but also was involved in other shots I just think he'll he'll get his way back into the team and he is a, a bit of a live wire that could maybe be one of those low budget differentials yeah probably but um, the problem with Vargas is he's so he's priced so close to Caligiuri he's 9.1 million Caligiuri is 9.9 million that's true so 
Like, I, I, I'd much rather have Kalejuri than Vargas just because of the job security and the set piece duties of Kalejuri. And like, if we're looking ahead, they're playing Schalke next week and we know what's going to happen if Kalejuri is, is, is playing Schalke. That's, that's one of the basic rules of football that Kalejuri has to do well against his former club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is one of those. No, you're right. Actually, I, I, admittedly, I said Vargas and I didn't know his price tag. I'm surprised it's 9.1. So, yeah, no, I fully agree. It's, it's Caladrio over Vargas. I had him in like the 7 million range, which at that point you can maybe make the argument to save yourself 3 million. But no, okay, uh, I stand corrected on that one. Okay, Bielefeld against Dortmund. It does happen sometimes. Speaking of uh, mistakes that I've made, oh, Bielefeld, oh, bless them. I tried to give him a point this weekend. Um, did one of the, the best uh, closings to one of my live commentaries ever and then I, I said the final score and I said it was 2-2 uh, which is one of those uh, absolute it could have gaffes. been um, it could so have been James it could have been yeah. it almost was there was a shot that came off the post and as uh, our good friend Abel Medeiros joked you know shiplock goal should count double um, but unfortunately unfortunately not um, but anyway they've got Dortmund this weekend on home soil uh, and of course we need to talk about Mr Erling Haaland he is banging in the goals at one end but at the other end Dortmund statistically have the best defence in the Bundesliga at present with just two goals conceded and four clean sheets I think you'd fancy them to keep that run going potentially against Bielefeld um, but who's your player pick from this one Flo? Um, by far it's Rafael Guerrero 14.5 million although like I have some doubts about, like, I think it's possible that we see Paslak and Hazard in the starting lineup, for instance, or something like that. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's the problem. But unless you don't want to, like, miss out on these games when, when Guerrero is in the starting lineup, you have to swallow that pill, I guess. From time to time, he will be rotated out, but he will still be one of the high, like him and Angelino are the, like by far for me, the two best options in defense right now, even if you consider them being pricey, but still, yeah, but they're worthy they, of their they, price tag. They stand out. They stand out of the field so much. So that's like, that's something to keep in mind with every Dortmund player, um, that, the risk of rotation, especially since they're playing at Bielefeld. Although, you know, you, 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 you did hide the stat that Dortmund hasn't won in six games at Bielefeld. Dating back to? <laughs> Dating back to probably the nineties or something. But, <laughs> and Bielefeld, uh, they haven't won, uh, like they have won more games against Dortmund at home than against any other Bundesliga club. I mean, that stat is like, I know it's useless. I just want to bring it up because they haven't been in the Bundesliga for quite some time. But yeah, you got to give them their moment. Yeah, sometimes these these like these things just linger. So um, yeah, but I feel this could be one of the games where we see a few surprises in the Dortmund lineup, uh, especially since I expect them to play with their best 11 uh, against Zenit because they have to get a result uh, in the Champions League. And that, w that will be priority number one uh, for Dortmund this week. And maybe then it's just uh, we we rest some players at Bielefeld. Uh, I, I think that quite possibly could be the case. So yeah. 
take a look out of the three guys, uh, Sancho, Royce, and Reyna, who's playing against Zenit, because I think the guy who's on the bench will start on the weekend. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I think what I'm hoping for is, you know, yeah, strongest starting lineup tonight against Zenit. Dortmund, you know, winning comfortably by like the 65th minute. Guerrero comes off relatively early, past that gets minutes, and then I feel much better about Guerrero this weekend. Yeah. Because otherwise, if it is a, is it is, if it's a 90 minute grueling match, then I am a hundred percent with you that it is a, a bit more precarious a position with the, uh, the Portuguese, uh, left-sided, I, I want to say winger or defender, but he's he's neither. He's a bit of everything. Uh, that's the beauty of Rafael Guerrero. Uh, let's move on to Gladbach against Leipzig. Uh, top billing on Saturday night. Uh, Leipzig have never lost to Gladbach uh, and are unbeaten in their nine away matches in the Bundesliga. Meanwhile, Gladbach are unbeaten in their last five home matches in the Bundesliga dating back to last season. Question from a listener flow at Dykes to watch out for. He says, after Gladbach's disappointment on Tuesday night against Real, it was, oh, that was tough. Um, and with Leipzig, then Bayer up next, do we expect them to come out swinging or is it time to maybe sell Gladbach players? Yeah, I'm I'm torn on this question. I personally have Florian Neuhaus. I don't have any doubt that he will be in the starting lineup because you, you saw what happened when they were behind at Mainz and it was Hoffmann and Neuhaus' turn to turn things around and that's what they did. Um, but I have questions of how hard of a hit that late equalizer of Real at Tuesday evening was because it would have been um, one of the greatest Gladbach victories in recent uh, history of the of the club. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I think that can be tough mentally. And I like for me, Leipzig are a bit favored in in that matchup, and then they're traveling to Leverkusen, so. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Still think Gladbach is a, like, they have a great squad. And I especially think they have a great coach. So, um, I, I think that, that matters a lot. Uh, so I, I won't go out of my way to sell Gladbach players, but it, if it would uh, fell this way, I, I would get rid of my Gladbach assets. Yes. Better now than, like um next week I wouldn't feel pretty great and then you can go back to them on the ninth match day when they're hosting Schalke. That will be my plan. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. I personally don't have any Gladbach players in my team. And so this is definitely not a time that I'm looking to invest in them. Yeah, um, yeah definitely not. No, yeah, no, definitely not. Um but yeah, I think you could you could make an argument to keep someone like Hoffman who is just churning out such a great baseline of points, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And um it, it can happen that I have a good game. So like I said, it wouldn't be necessarily a priority if you have one of the blue chips of, of Gladbach, so to speak. Um But I wouldn't invest in Leipzig players apart from Angelino just for this game. Uh, so if you don't have Angelino, I would say, well, yeah, I might as well. If I, if I have the transfer, I bring him in any time I get the possibility because uh, he... he He's just like, as I said with Guerrero, he's uh, on par, the, the best defender duo of, of the fantasy Bundesliga by a wide margin. But apart from that, I wouldn't look to invest in Leipzig players, no. Can I ask why not? I mean, because if you look at their next four fixtures, I mean, they're reasonable. And I, I say the next four because their fifth is against Bayern. But between then, you know, they're facing the likes of Freiburg. They're facing the likes of Frankfurt. They've got Bielefeld in there as well. 
I, I'm. I, I, they're not a great match this weekend. No, just for this oh, match just day. This, okay. I'm, I'm not okay. looking. Right. Just That's this match enough. day. Okay. Good. Then, then. Yeah. Next match day, they're playing at home against Freiburg. I'm. You're back I'm, in. I'm happy okay. about that. No, I'm just talking this match. No, that's day. fair. I, I, I'll admit my my kind of like what I've got down as my transfer so far does have Unkunku coming out of my team actually, but that is because I need a bit of cash, and I may explain why later. Um, Freiburg against Leverkusen. Let's move on to the Sunday matches. Uh, Freiburg are unbeaten in the last five Bundesliga home games. Their last defeat on Black Forest soil came at the hands of Leverkusen on match day nine. It's the game that Flo mentioned earlier. A question from a listener again at stats underscore don't underscore lie. Leverkusen have great fixtures and are picking up decent attacking form, but with most of the key players listed as forwards and their Europa League commitments, are you making room for any in your squad? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the uh, what is the clues in the pudding? Uh, what, 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 is that the same? <laughs> no, that's not. What, what's in uh, the pudding then? What's in the pudding? Uh, you know what? I've completely blanked now. Give me two seconds. I'll figure it out. But it's, it's not the, I don't think it's the clue. You, is you it? know it's, what, what, whatever is in the pudding is in the, in this question. That's what I wanted, okay. wanted to say. And, uh, yeah, that's the problem with Leverkusen. Proof. Uh, it's the proof. That's the, it. The proof. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, clues that you weren't far off. Yeah. In fairness, I shouldn't laugh given the fact that I couldn't even remember it myself, actually. Well, why not? <laughs> why not? It's all right. I uh, I don't take offense to that, uh, James. Um, but yeah, like I said, the proof is in the pudding, like we say. And um, that's exactly the, the, the problem. The rotation will be a problem. Uh, with Leverkusen, especially when Schick is back, I think you're good for this week because because Salario will keep his place and he definitely won't be a priority. I mean, I have him in my squad, and this week I might actually bring him on. Let's see what what's happening. But I, <laughs> <laughs> at least a fifty percent chance that I like, I swap him in from from my bench, and um, I feel feel good about it. You mentioned Daily Sinkgrafen. Um, he, he's definitely like, I went with Lars Bender. I think he, because I felt he was a safe option. Um, he got injured. So that's not, nothing you can do about it. We don't know how serious that is, um, uh, with Bender. Um, but even if, uh, Sinkraven is a better value option, Lars Bender will probably play if he's good to go, but I'm not sure we will know that before Friday. And the three position behind Alario, that's just so much change and uncertainty. The only guy I would feel comfortable about is, is Musa Diaby. And he's a, like you said, striker, like with Bellarabi also. Uh, I shouldn't have taken so long to answer the question, basically saying all your points are valid. And uh, <laughs> that's the reason why I'm not that interested in Liverpool. Yeah, no, players, I mean, you, so. we've given him affirmation. That's, that's a good thing. That would, that, that would be the go. short answer. No, I mean, you are right. I, I wonder with, with Sinkgraven again, I just, if, if Vendel starts on Thursday in the Europa League against Slavia Prague, then I think Sinkgraven, yeah, becomes a, a lock again. And it's an interesting little to and fro those two are having, uh, right now at the back. Uh, with Leverkusen and yeah no I would agree with the points that you've made quick question Freiburg have they lost their fantasy value a little bit mm. this season I'm talking about the season yeah yeah they're not creating as many shots as we've seen from them um, that's definitely an issue in, in a fantasy sense um, but if they're creating shots they're probably going through Gunther or Grifo I think you can definitely look at these 
two guys still as valid options in the right matchup, and I doubt that Leverkusen is the right matchup to go okay. there. Uh, one final question on this game. Uh, what's the German version of proof in the pudding? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I, I can't say. Okay, that's all right. If, if it comes to you later, I'm just intrigued now because now I'm wondering yeah. what the German equivalent is. Okay, let's move on. And if it comes to you, you can just shout it out. Yeah. Uh, Hertha against Wolfsburg. Hertha have made their worst start to a season in 11 years and have lost their first two home games of the season. Three in a row uh, to start a campaign would be uh, a club first and an unwanted one at that. Uh, so the question here, Flo, Hertha of Wolfsburg, who's the more investable team? Uh, uh, probably Hertha. Um, even if like, I'm not feeling great about it, but I'm not feeling great about Wolfsburg. Although you have to say that you mentioned Roussillon. He's, he's okay. He's a bit too pricey. Arnold is okay. He's a bit too pricey. Vejos is okay. He's a bit too pricey. So that's my issue with, with Wolfsburg. Yep. And with Hertha, you got actually some value options like Maxi Mittelstedt. I, I think he, like he's clearly left Plattenhardt um, behind uh, for now. So he's a guy you can look at at less than nine million. Um, but I'm not sure I want to go there. Just you want some players in this standalone games to have the flexibility, and that could can be an issue, I think. And um, maybe uh, Hertha is than a route you can go. Like, apart from Mittelstadt, I, I would have trouble. Matthias Cunha, I think he he's a good value for his price tag, but there are better op- options up front just if I'm looking at this match day. So investing in him now, actually he's 13.2 million. I, that, that was my Vargas conundrum. I thought he was more expensive. Um, uh, uh, he was cheaper. That was... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, I think it's still an okay price, but not this week. And even in midfield, I can't, I can't point my finger where. So. No, that's, that's exactly why I asked the question because I had the exact same yeah. problem when I was looking at the squad list of both of these players, uh, both of these teams and just couldn't really find an option. I'm, I'm happy with the Arnold pick I made, what, last week. Um, and. That I'm gonna, you know, be quite content to settle with. I'm kind of ready to ride it out with him a little bit and see how it goes. It worked out well um, against Bielefeld, but I'm not sure there's a hundred percent guarantee that's going to happen on a regular basis. I'm just waiting to kind of feel that situation out. But yeah, I don't, I don't find this a very investable game actually, um, in a fancy sense. And so uh, I might be proven wrong, um, but we'll see. Uh, should we talk about one that maybe is a little bit more investable, and that is the Monday night game? I might have to send you a reminder, uh, a text. Uh, before kickoff, just to make sure you have made any yeah. uh, changes flow. But it's Hoffenheim Please against do Union. That, James. Uh, the, the Berlin. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Uh, Union, they are unbeaten in four Bundesliga matches. Uh, five would actually be a new club record, but there is a chance that Hoffenheim will have Andre Kramerich back this weekend. And of course, he is the man that has scored six of their nine goals already this season. So, do we have some players in the mix here, Flo, that we can trust for the final game? Um, yeah, if Kramaric is back, he will be probably the best differential pick you can make because no one has him, like no one who's actively playing and hasn't like given up on his team after two match days has Kramaric in his squad right now. And I wonder how many have like Lewandowski Haaland. You're not selling them. And if your third striker is looking good, you're probably not selling your third striker and looking to trans- do transfers elsewhere. And Kramaric could be the forget, forgotten man, but we need confirmation that he's back and he's actually 100% healthy to 
like to pull that off. But if if that's like if we get that news before Friday evening, I would be very much interested in bringing in Kramaric to set myself apart from from many other players, and, and I think he he would be the perfect way to do it with a price tag of fifteen million. I think you can swallow that, and uh, yeah, he can outscore the likes of Andre Silva, who's on, on the same price tag, definitely. So uh, yeah, Kramaric would be. The best option, in in my opinion, in this game, I'm not that keen on getting Union players in my squad. So it's probably Kramaric. And if you want to have a bit involvement in the Hoffenheim midfield, I think Dennis Geiger is for 7.2 million. Wouldn't feel great about it. Um, but he's playing in a more attacking role under Sebastian Hoeneß. He's, he's got a Bremen. That was his first goal after three years of not scoring in the Bundesliga. But I expect, um, that he'll, he'll score a few more goals this season than we used to see from him. So Geiger, uh, also does set pieces as, as, at least a decent choice if you need if you need some player out of this game you can't afford to go to Kramaric I think Geiger uh, would be a guy I would I would look into bring in we still have to wait for Ryan Sessignon being an option for Hoffenheim he's definitely he he would be interesting as a defender for nine million. Maybe he gets his first start uh, in this game against Union, but I'm not willing to gamble on it. Yeah, um, yeah. But he he's definitely one to keep on our radar uh, moving forward with price uh, with his price tag of nine million and uh, has a lot of potential, I, I think. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. No, I mean it's a shame Christoph yeah. Baumgartner just isn't really in the mix this season because uh, you thought maybe he'd kick on after what was an impressive uh, Rook Runder and especially after the the Bundesliga restart. Um, and yeah, he just doesn't seem to be factoring in Hernes' plans quite as much as we, we thought he would, um, which is a shame because, yeah, there is an attacking lineup that he could maybe, uh, have been playing a role in. Um, but I fully agree with you, uh, when it comes to Cramrich and there's a reason that I'm getting rid of Nkunku to free up funds and that is to bring in Andre Cramrich. Uh, right now, that's the provisional plan. Of course, if Hernes comes out and says he's not going to be ready for the weekend, then of course that will change. But the provisional plan right now, uh, has Cramrich in. Uh, for me, so yeah, you might be setting yourself apart from other head coach, or other uh, other fancy players, flow, but I will not be one of them. I will not be one of them. Should we talk about player picks then, uh, and start with the Vegas choice? Who are you going for? I'm going with Daniel Caligiuri of Augsburg, nine point nine million. Like Mainz is conceding a lot of goals after headers and after set pieces, and that's where Augsburg thrives, and that's what Caligiuri does, setting up shots after set pieces. So I, th- I think. He could have a pretty great game. He's also the penalty taker for Augsburg, and uh, yeah, but he, he brings a few risks because we're not sure that Augsburg is actually capable of of throttling or manhandling Mainz, like we think, just because of this table situation. I think it could be a much more close fought game than many people think. So. That would be the reason why he's just a Vegas choice, but still think uh, his upside is enormous. 
Well, okay, uh, you've actually saved my bacon because I thought I knew who you were going to choose. And so I had a different Vegas choice down, but you didn't choose who I thought you would. So I'll choose him instead. Uh, I'll go with Mark Oot because I think he's a much better Vegas choice than the, the name I actually have down. Uh, and I think we've talked about the reasons why he's a Vegas choice. Uh, he plays for Schalke. Uh, that, that's chief. That's top of the list. Um, but the fact is, yeah, he could have a huge upside. So I will throw Mark Oot out there. How about Super Schnepchen? Uh, I'm going with Roberto Massimo of Stuttgart if he's in the starting lineup. And if he's not, I'm pivoting to Gonzalo Castro. Um, I think these cheap midfield options that you know are playing both have upside. We've, we've seen what Castro can do. Although I think we like, he, he won't hold that standards. And maybe even if Gonzalez is in the frame that he has to be a bit more defensive minded than we've seen him before. There's definitely a possibility, but for his price tag, I'm, I'm not minding that too much, especially since he's playing on a Friday evening. And Massimo is just like, is an unknown, but like he's attacking minded as well. So yeah, why not for two million? Um, it makes other stuff possible in your lineup and he's playing on Friday evening. Give me that. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've gone the, I've, the super Schnepchen market wasn't that attractive this week at all. It was actually a struggle to pick them. And so I kind of, I chickened out as well. I've basically got Chan Bolzoan uh, down at 3.6 and, and Tangi Koulibaly. And it's kind of whoever's in the starting lineup, pick them in my opinion. And if neither of them in the starting lineup, which is also possible, then pick one of Flo's players because he's also made good choices in exactly the same market. Um, how about your banker? Flow. Yeah, although it hurts me, James, I'm, I'm going with Andre Silva. Uh, I, I just think that Bremen's injury riddle side will, uh, yeah, have trouble getting anything out of Frankfurt. 15.1 million is a pretty good price tag on a player. I can, I think can have a really, really good day. Or I, I actually think he will have a really good day. <laughs> and you, you know, last season, I, I, I did this a few times and trying to jinx the player playing against Bremen. And I have to say it, it hasn't worked <laughs> as I intended a lot of the time. So I think you can feel safe with Silva. There you go. Yeah, I mean, maybe a return to double digits after his first single single digit haul of the season against Bayern but that was to be expected uh, I've gone down a similar route I've gone uh, with a striker and his name is Andre Kramerich and I'm throwing him out there as the bank I know that's a little bit risky given the fact that we don't know whether he's going to be back but I think even if he's uh, even at 70% I think he's back in that lineup uh, and probably amongst the goals again for Hoffenheim against Union I would uh, fancy his chances okay that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Fußball Fantasy episode don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter, give us a like on Facebook and if you have the not yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League, we've got some of the best players going right now. Uh, for now from me, your host James Surrogate Flo and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören <laughs>